Hey everybody, it's Kevin just popping in at the beginning of the episode here just to say a quick thank you for all of you for sticking with us through the end of the year. I know there's a lot of new people around who are listening to the show. That's great. We're so glad to have new people coming along and listening to us. Uh, And I just wanted to say, you know, as we look forward in the new year, we're really excited about where the show is going. Uh, Some of the fun stuff we have planned looking forward. Also wanted to pop in because at one point in this episode... I mixed up a name, and it bothered me so much during the edit that I wanted to just put it out here in the front that uh, I know who I'm actually talking about. So at one point in this episode, I referenced Lauren Southern as someone who handcuffed herself to the doors of Twitter headquarters. I am aware that, in fact, it was Laura Loomer, the right-wing hack nobody who handcuffed herself to the doors of Twitter headquarters and is a regular on Alex Jones's show. So just wanted to make sure that you all knew that uh, I, I know who I'm talking about. But that out of the way, thank you all once again for being with us. We're so excited about going into the new year with all you guys, and I hope you enjoy today's show. should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we were told it's the one easy trick they don't want you to know about. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who has heard all of your complaints about Soylent Green and thinks you're all making a big deal out of nothing. Benedict, what is your 2021 to 2022, as we're going into it, New Year's resolution? Oh. That's a good question. Is it to finally do some more exercise? Hey, I have been exercising three times a week until like three weeks ago when I mysteriously hurt my foot. We have a thing that we do uh, where we try to do ridiculous Christmas presents for each other Mm -hmm. for the last couple years. Um, I should have just sent you a goddamn Peloton. I should have <laughs> just done that. My tiny apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, I just figured out. The funniest part would be you figuring out I would out literally, a place I mean, to put I, it. My <laughs> office desk would have to go. Like, like the Peloton is my desk now. That's that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, also, Thank I you. sweat like an absolute machine. So there's just no way you. that I'm, I I'm could exactly sweat. The same. I could. Yep. I, I there's no way that I can exercise in my own apartment. Oh. Benedict, there is a puddle on the floor after I'm done on the Peloton. I'm sure, but does it, it not? Sits, does it, it not smell? Like I, this is my issue. No, okay. it doesn't. Your own sweat doesn't smell after it evaporates. Not true. I'm sure. Look, I I clean it up. I don't just leave a puddle of sweat lying on the floor. I have you know gym towels mm. and I wipe it up. Hello to our new it's listeners. Pretty gross, though. It's pretty gross. <laughs> Anyways, New Year's resolution, yeah, Benedict, um, hit me, I, give it to I, me. I think it is to get a cat. That is my New Year's resolution. Bullshit. I don't know. I don't do this, this shit. This is more boring. of that. I'm stuck Ugh. inside because of COVID. I need an animal I'm going to abandon uh, uh, because I'm a me. terrible I'm not, human no, being. No, none of that is true. In six months. None of that is true. 
Um, I don't know. It this was terrible. It was terrible. All the animals that got yeah, abandoned. Yeah, that wasn't great. But that's not me. people went back to work. Fuck those that's people. That's not me. Fuck every one of those that's people. That's not me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I have one. What's yours? Maybe it'll inspire me. Uh, well, I, I was going to go with, I think that New Year's resolutions are stupid. And I think this is a tradition we need to stop. Mm. Just live your life how you want, people. We don't need to worry about trying to set goals and achieve them. And uh, especially after I've, I've already graduated from all the college I'm ever going to do. I don't, I don't need to set any more goals like that. I'm done. I'm done with that kind of shit. I was the one trying to cop out and didn't realize you were mm. also going to be trying to cop okay. out. Well, I, I've just, I've just <laughs> been reminded resolution. that I would like to learn to cook Chinese food well. Or the various types of diff- okay, different types well of Chinese part, food. The, the well part at the end of yeah. that is a very important distinction. Yeah. And you did, as a matter of fact, just get a shiny new watch. I for did, Christmas. yeah. So... Well, my wife did from you. So that's. Sure. She, uh, sure. she came up with, to me with a post it and be like, this is what you want to do, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> 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 We've talked about this. Did. Yeah, that's where you saw her come in. That was what she was saying. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Anyways, Benedict, you probably know, mm-hmm. but uh, some of the listeners, they might not, what exactly that it is we do here on this program. And to them, I would say, this is the show where we go deep. Some might even say deep, 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 to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from a work of conservative nonfiction, unless it's a week where we're feeling lazy because it's New Year's and we're recording ahead of time because both of us are traveling Mm. during this time frame and this is actually two weeks in the past you're listening to us talk about. In which case, we take a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. (laughs) Benedict, start us off this week. Do you have a hot take? I do, but first of all, I would just like to set the record straight. My wife looked very sad when she heard me making (laughs) joking about that. She's a lovely person who was just trying to be helpful. Do you own a steamer basket? No, I didn't think so. Do you own a steamer basket? Maybe, maybe we'll get that. Maybe Let me we'll tell get you, that. Benedict, you're gonna own a steamer mm, basket by, by tomorrow. As soon as Amazon can deliver it to your house from. Me. Anyway, uh, my wife is lovely. Don't get the wrong impression of her. I was just trying to make uh, a nice joke. You know what, Benedict? She has repeatedly, despite my entreaties, refused to appear on this program, and uh, I feel like the audience can hold that against her. <laughs> yeah, she very much does not want to be on the show, which is the right call. Um, very much. I, very I much also the right do call. not want to be on this show, but here we are. Um, <laughs> yeah, hot take. I think cookbooks. Cookbooks. Okay. Cookbooks are underrated in the internet age. I think a cookbook can be very helpful and guide you through the basics of learning to cook shit rather than just being like, what do I need to put in this exact thing now? I think they can be a a nice journey. When did we turn into a cooking show? Oh, we've been a cooking show. We've been a cooking show. (laughs) (laughs) We've been a cooking show. Um, All right, what's your hot take? My hot take, Benedict. Um, Reflecting on the year that's been, as you should do on a New Year's show, because, of course, this episode will be coming out on the week of New Year's, uh, a few days before, as a matter of fact. I think that this might have been the best year of my life so far. Really? And, uh, yeah, wow. I think it might have been. I mean, let's think about it. I graduated from law school, finally done with all that thing I've been working on for years now, right? Took me all the way from being a mechanic right out of high school to going to community college, to UC Berkeley, to law school. That whole journey is finally done, and that felt like a huge accomplishment to me, whether it is or not, I don't know, but it sure as hell felt like it to me. And then I get to go start my career. I passed the bar exam. I got to start uh, at my law firm and do work I really care about. 
I gotta say, it's been a pretty goddamn good year. Good. I'm pretty happy with the way. And Benedict, I got a Peloton. Mm. I got a fucking Peloton. I know that about you. So things are going pretty well for me. <laughs> but anyways, Benedict, why don't we get into it? First off, a little bit of housekeeping. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. I know every podcast out there asks you to do that, but you know. Do it, you lazy dicks. Leave us a fucking review. Mm. Uh, follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter. And uh, I just want to mention, right, once again, because of the holidays, we are recording ahead of time. So we don't have uh, a bunch of stuff. I don't have a bunch of... Uh, we've recorded multiple episodes in the last few days. I don't have all my updates I usually do. I don't have all this stuff. But I do just want to say you, you the listener, mm. whoever you are, you are being inducted this week into our... New World Spooky World Order. And that is not something to shake a stick at. So thank you all for joining us, and uh, let's get into it, Benedict. This week, we're feeling kind of lazy, aren't we? Yep, feeling, just... feeling lazy, yep. <laughs> well, we could have done another chapter of the book, could've technically, done. because time frame-wise, it would match up mm-hmm. with, you know, the, the way we normally do it. Every other week, do a new chapter. But, as I mentioned, we're recording a bunch ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And it is New Year's. It feels like we should do something a little special. Yeah, so we're doing what we normally do when we are too busy. Same to thing we do episode. every night. We Pinky. go back to <laughs> we go back to Prager Roulette. It has never done us wrong in the past. I gotta say, uh, as much as I hate Dennis Prager, I fucking love Dennis Prager. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Benedict, today, uh, sort of as a little bit of an homage, I tried, and I wasn't entirely successful with the choice of videos for today, Okay. in finding videos that are either done by or related to our cast of characters or topics that have come up on the show in the past. So we have a selection of videos for you to choose from, as you always do. I have seven videos pulled up on the little screen. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as we always do, you need to give me a number, and don't you dare just keep saying the same number. Oh, I will. Over. You know I'm going to. You need to give me a number between one and seven, and let's get started with our final episode of the year 2021. What'll it be? Um, One second. I would just like to tell you, I don't know if you've seen this, because I was looking at our recent reviews. Um, someone has given us a... Is this the, the person who's angry at me over liking Attack on Titan? Yeah, who I think hilarious. I know who it is. It's very funny. I think I know who that person is on Twitter because I interact with them from time to time. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Okay. And you know what? Fine. I still like Attack on Titan. Fine. I don't care what you think. I still enjoy it. Cool. Um, take it. Take it. Take it from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> you can take my love for Attack on Titan. I thought that was very funny. Anyway, cool. Um, let's do number two first. Number two, Benedict. This one, this is a video. This is a video uh, entitled "Hollywood Wants Your Money." Mm. Dot dot dot. And your mind. Ah. Or as I should properly read it, so you know who is presenting this video. Um, Hollywood wants your money <laughs> and your mind, but not his scripts. By Ben <laughs> Shapiro. Yes, yes, Benedict. Hollywood wants your money, not your mind. Here we go. <laughs> Sorry, we, we haven't dwelled on it enough it, on the fact that he wanted to be a scriptwriter and has never... Yeah, mi- <laughs> Hollywood wants your money and your mind, but not my scripts. Yep, yep. Nailed it. Imagine a group of activists so powerful that they could beam their propaganda directly into your brain. <laughs> now also imagine that they're so sophisticated, they actually get you to pay them to do it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't have to imagine it. It's real. Cool. It's Hollywood. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As big as the internet has become, Hollywood 
and here I'm talking specifically about television, is still king. What? Pause. Not only Pause does it. it reach hundreds... It, Pause no, it. No. That, no. Holly, uh, Hollywood is films. Like, very specifically, Hollywood is movies. Very specifically. There's always been the split where Hollywood is films and New York is television. <laughs> they do, of course, they do television in, in, Hollywood, in Los Angeles as well. But it's always sort of been but the Hollywood, thing that... when you're referring to Hollywood, you mean movies. Like, that's, that's fairly yes. standard. Cool. Especially given that I know what he's going to talk about and where a good deal of it was <laughs> when, actually going. When I say Hollywood, I mean not Hollywood. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you. Hundreds of millions of people with its messaging, it embeds that messaging in seemingly innocuous stories. Mm. Stories that distract us from the hardships of daily life. Stories that make us feel good, sure. compassionate, and decent. We watch TV, in other words, because we like it. And just as Americans didn't think much about the carcinogens in the cigarettes they smoked for decades, mm. most Americans don't think much about the toxic politics in the television they watch. So I want just to, to remind you, because again, I've seen this video, that he is comparing what we are going to see to things that are bad for mm. you, to things that are toxic. He is implying very strongly that these things he's about to talk about are in fact bad. Yeah. Despite the fact he's going to pretend that he's it's not also, doing that. Like, I get that to an extent. But it's also like, once again, like, how like how are you disseminating your ideas to us, Ben? Mm -hmm. Like, right. you know, if he weren't doing the same thing in the same medium, I would take it a lot more seriously. Also, I had to give the disclaimer that I should just give every time we do a video, period, because these right-wing motherfuckers are just awful um you know content warning that there may be transphobia and shit of that nature yeah. that comes up in all of these videos because these people are all goddamn monsters mm -hmm. so cool. continue on but those who create that content do they spin out hour after hour of slickly produced left-wing propaganda and they give themselves awards for doing it mm -hmm. they applaud each other's courage even though all their friends think exactly as they do sure I spoke with nearly a hundred members of the Hollywood community when I wrote my book, Primetime Propaganda, and many of them openly admitted they inserted social justice messages into their shows. Okay. So again, it's just another ad for one of his fucking yeah, books. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, it seems like whenever one of these shit stains put out a new book, they go do another PragerU mm -hmm. video. It's just part of the right-wing grift machine. How they do it is both clever and effective. Hollywood writers, producers, directors, actors, Create characters we keep wanting to spend time with. Then <laughs> they have create those characters sympathetic characters with human traits? Wow, how dare they? Whoa, 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 whoa! What kind of evil fucking plan is this? I'm supposed to hate everyone I see on my screen. I'm supposed to hate everyone that's different than me, and you're telling me I should exactly. like this gay couple? Wow, well, how dare it, you. That essentially does underlie the argument he's I going to, to start making here. I have to get my argument ad absurdum in early, yeah. because otherwise... Yeah, but, like, but as it turns out, you always end up being correct. <laughs> yep us would judge wrong then in effect they ask us a question isn't it really okay that rachel from friends decided to have a baby without first marrying ross yes. after all you yes. like ross yes he was perfectly like fucking fine how can what they do be bad it hasn't always been this way for decades hollywood promoted traditional american values that changed as did so much else in the late 1960s and 70s when hollywood bad oh, bad benedict why um can you think of any things that were happening in the late 1960s and 70s on television in the United States uh, probably a bunch that of... maybe people of Ben Shapiro's ilk would be a little angry about? Um, I mean, maybe like the the first interracial onstage kiss yeah. between uh, Spock and Uhura? Maybe stuff like Did that. You, I, um, they uh, di didn't he intentionally fuck up all the all the takes with. Um, I, I think he knew they were going to cut it, and I think he fucked up a bunch of takes with someone else. 
I, I don't it. know. I, I don't know the whole story on that. I think but, that's you know, something. Whatever. That, I think that's something. That I think he was like, "Fuck, this, this is going to be a big deal," and he fucked up a bunch of the the reshoot takes. I think where they had him not not do that. So sure, sure. But that was, I believe, it was 1967. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm pretty sure that was the, when the episode uh, happened. But also, not 100 sure. Okay. Maybe we're talking to like, but okay. But you look at the movies that were made in the late fifties and uh, mm-hmm. some of the late black and like on the waterfront and like all of the Marlon Brando movies, um, streetcar named desire is literally about like all kinds of things that are not yeah, there the was some traditional. Shit. There was some shit, yeah. but again, but he's talking about television and he didn't say it out loud, but he did show like Dick Van Dyke. The Dick Van Dyke show was like the the thing for when he was talking about how TV used to be okay, good. Okay, but we in used the 50s. to just have people called Dick back on when television. Everyone on TV was white and straight and beat their wives when they deserved you ruined, all that good ru- stuff. You ruined my dick joke by yelling about things. <laughs> Sorry. Hollywood stopped celebrating American values and started transforming them. For example, in the early 1970s, abortion was a hotly contested issue. A year no, before not, the Roe v. That, you know what? That's a fucking bullshit thing right there because it was not remotely as hotly contested as it is as right I, now. I think it is yeah. today. Re- really not so much. The right around that time was figuring out we can anger people over abortion, uh, but there were a lot more... Um, it's strange to see which groups aligned which way on the abortion issue back then in the 1970s as opposed to, like, right now. It's really weird when you go back and look mm-hmm. at that kind of stuff. Roe v. Wade's Supreme Court case... The top-rated TV sitcom, Maud, featured a storyline in which the title character of the show has an abortion. The LA Times described it as a watershed moment in TV history. Why? Well, because it removed the stigma of abortion. Millions of Americans, sitting in their living rooms, saw a beloved character do something they did not approve of, and they felt sympathy. Mm-hmm. Something similar happened in the early 2000s. Sorry, Vice President it. Joe Biden... What's, yes. what's the problem here? Like, oh, okay, you, well, you get to see someone that you like and have sympathy with go through something you say you're morally against because you've never had to deal with it yourself. And that well, softens you, your you know, view on things. So what is the you issue You know how here? in the real world, nobody ever goes through situations that you are not 100% uh, in support mm-hmm. of and behind. And so in your everyday life, um, you certainly never have to encounter those sorts of things and experience empathy for other people. Mm. Um, so when they do it on television, it's it's evil because you shouldn't have to uh, understand um, anything outside of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. That's that's what that this is, is a great argument so far. OK, let's keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Was right when he said that Will and Grace had a major impact on how Americans think about same sex marriage. Sure. So Benedict, Will and Grace, Will and Grace is his next argument. Yep. <laughs> Before the hit NBC show, the most Americans had. But a remember, li- Benedict, he's not saying that any of these things are bad. He's he's definitely not saying that any of this is bad. He's just saying, oh wait, he did say that this. Oh was bad no, he thinks gay marriage is a sin. Like that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Live and let live attitude toward private sexual behavior. Few supported the idea of men marrying men or women marrying women, but seeing the charming and funny Will Truman live his life week after week paved the way for a much wider acceptance of same-sex marriage. Current shows like Orange is the New Black and Transparent are trying to affect the same change on the issue of transgenderism. You may think these are all good things. Yeah. Or that some are and some aren't. That's not my point. Yes, that is your Mm -hmm. point. 
That absolutely is and, his uh, fucking once point. Once again, how is you making the counter argument on TV or on the internet any different? Like, it's not. Yeah, it's not. The difference is is that he recognizes his side has lost the war, the, co- the culture well, war, which is the only one they know how to fight. Yeah, they've lost. The vast majority of people in the country, in the world, well, I don't know about the world, actually, but in the country, certainly, and certainly in most of the English-speaking countries out there, are accepting of people being gay or being trans or gay marriage, all that sort of... Actually, I don't know about the statistics on acceptance of trans people. I should probably... It's probably lower up. in the but UK. I, we, they they yeah. do not... <laughs> there's a lot, of, a lot of bad people in the UK. But I do know that the majority of the world now accepts, or the majority of, of us accept same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. None of us have any problem with that. And he's upset that they lost that argument. And he wants to go back to the 1950s when if those people were on TV, they were being made fun of. Well, but this is the thing. And, and the, actual, the actual reason why things become more accepted over time is because once it becomes once it reaches a tipping point then people that people know in real life start to do it and then people go oh the world hasn't fallen apart it literally literally happened you saw the same pattern happen with mixed race marriage in that people were massively against it then it was made legal in the south and everyone went oh yeah that makes sense so but benedict remember he wants to go back to 1950s television mm-hmm. when you wouldn't have interracial couples on TV. That's what he'd like because they were pushing their agenda. But all it, it was their agenda that they showing, were pushing when they put that stuff on TV. what they haven't seen yet in real life. Was not... Agenda, Benedict. Agenda. But no, I, I agree because, you know, I've said many times talking about how I was a right-wing shitbag when I was young. Mm-hmm. One of the things that turned me around was when I did go to community college and I started to meet people who were not like what I expected, mm-hmm. like what all the right-wing radio talk hosts had told me that gay people and black people were like. Mm-hmm. I started to actually meet and talk with and experience those people and find out it was wrong. And Ben is scared that if this happens on TV with, again, will and fucking grace, mm-hmm. <laughs> that people are going to realize that the things that he and his ilk are saying are lies about those mm-hmm. people. My point is that Hollywood has had a tremendous influence on our culture. No shit. And that influence has been all to the left side of the political spectrum. And it isn't just social issues. Chevy Chase liked to boast that he helped Jimmy Carter defeat Gerald Ford in 1976. He may be right. He also did a bunch of cocaine. Week after week on Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. Chase portrayed Ford, probably the most athletic president in American history, as a bumbling, uncoordinated idiot. Okay, so... I don't know if Ben Shapiro thinks that Ford would have won the election after pardoning Richard fucking Nixon. Yeah, it's unlikely. But I think unlikely whether or not Chevy Chase had done his little stumbling down the stairs, uh-huh. Gerald Ford thing or not. But anyways, Ben, you get the gist I, of this I, video, I, I think. Do, yeah. I think we're done with this one. So that leaves us with six more videos. Give me a number, one to six. Uh, two. No, you dick. You fucking dick. Benedict, this is another video that is related uh, to, I, there, you know, some of our authors obviously uh, were not alive during the time frame in which PragerU has been around, mm-hmm. uh, so some of them obviously cannot do videos. Uh, some of them just don't, right? The dicks that wrote that uh, Faith of Donald J. Trump thing, they haven't done any PragerU videos. Donald Trump Jr. has not done any PragerU videos. <laughs> but, Benedict, I found one that is tangentially collected, connected. Dickhole Michael Knowles, Mm. who wrote the introduction to God and Man at Yale, the copy that we've been reading, he has done several recent PragerU videos. This one is entitled, 
Control the words, control the culture. This is from April 2018. And again, there's a bunch of anti-trans bullshit cool. in this one. Can I not pick this What's one? What's in a word? <laughs> Can I <laughs> Too late pick now. It? Too late now. Why does it matter whether we call someone who breaks the law to enter the country an illegal okay, alien why does he sound like or an undocumented turtle? immigrant? Because he, because he, he, well, he looks like a turtle. He talks like a turtle. He thinks like a turtle. This is a dumb, dumb man. This is someone trying to pull the Ben Shapiro stick, mm-hmm. but doing it much less successfully for whatever reason. He is desperately trying to be relevant, and he's he's not pulling it off, despite the fact that this dick did a podcast with Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a Christmas tree and a holiday oh. tree? Again, it's just semantics, a fuck. right? Yes, and no. It is just semantics, but semantics means the meaning of words. Yes, words exist it so does. that we might discriminate one thing from another. Without words, we have chaos, and it starts with okay. the first word. Okay, okay. A baby okay. says "mama" to distinguish "mommy" from "daddy." What? Words shape how we think. Or sometimes a baby's worth first word is "pencil." Or sometimes baby's first word is fuck, and that goes on to the sitcom. I don't know, maybe it's on Friends or on Will and Grace. Sometimes that shit happens, too. Very weird. But Benedict, what I want to point out here is he's making all this argument about what the left does. Oh, yeah, of course. What the, but Benedict, the entirety of this video is doing him doing the very things that he claims the left mm. is, go, is doing to words. You're going to hear it. It's fantastic. Just listen up. Think. They color how we view the world. No one understands this better than the left. They are the masters of words because they know that words matter. We're the masters of the words. The left has Benedict. a special gift for euphemisms. Sure. Soft words selected to sugarcoat harsh realities so as to make those harsh realities easier for us to swallow. But these soft words are insidious. Their sole purpose is to deceive. Mm. Race discrimination in hiring and college admissions is refashioned as the much nicer sounding affirmative action. Okay. <laughs> Who would ever oppose it? Hey, so coming hard out the gate with it's really the white people being discriminated against. Yep. You're, you're, you're firing hard out the gate with that one for sure. But again, that is an example of him doing exactly what he's claiming the left is doing because he is calling, he's using words, he's changing language, he's making a discerning choice about which words to use Calling that racial discrimination. That's his choice, and he's very much doing yeah, exactly what he's accusing other people of doing. It was an affirmative action. Global warming, which can be measured and challenged, has morphed into climate change, which means essentially nothing because the climate is always changing. When Barack Obama became president, George Bush's war in Afghanistan suddenly transformed into the far less ominous and threatening Overseas contingency operation. What? That's one way to try to end a war. I don't war. think Just anyone stopped calling it the war yeah, in Afghanistan. I, I don't think anybody stopped calling it that. I think he's, again, maybe there was some move in administration to label it differently on paperwork. I don't really give a shit. No, the left, at his, he's trying to call it the left. All these people are using these words like affirmative action and climate change. They still called it the war in Afghanistan because uh, most of that left, they were against that war mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. While um, Knowles and his buddy, although he'd conveniently like you to forget it at the time, they were heavily in favor of that war, despite it going terribly for the entirety of Bush's term. Amen. The examples are endless. There's a new euphemism every week. In the make-believe world of leftist language, young criminals have become justice-involved youth 
mandates and taxes are individual shared responsibility payments. Government spending becomes an investment. Wanting to keep more of your hard-earned money becomes greed. Taking more of someone else's money is them paying their fair share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Opposing a Democrat in the White House is obstruction. Opposing a Republican in the White House, resistance. Mm. In the name of diversity, the left enforces intellectual conformity. It censors opposing views in the name of tolerance. And it labels all non-left views hate speech. Okay. God, is this not shit yeah, we have heard the, from the, a thousand different This one's boring. Places. Let's skip it. Unless well, it, it is boring. It is boring. And it's also, you know, uh, I, I just want to say, again, point out, he's doing exactly what he accuses the left Well, he's doing not even, by... really. He's just, he's making shit up. Well, he is in a lot of ways, but I think the fact that he's, the, the word he's choosing to label these things as, as comparing to the non-used phrases that other people have with these things, he's describing them in a way, which is, again, the, the whole, this whole thing was about the way we choose words, the way we decide which words describe a thing, and he's describing and using words that are blatantly, um, you know, changing the underlying meaning of what he's talking about and distorting the meaning of what he's talking about. So, um... We can stop right there with that sure. one, because after this, he gets into some anti-trans yeah, bullshit that, don't I just, need to do that I just don't really give a fuck about. Benedict, five more videos, one through five, four. what'll you have? Number four, Benedict, this one. Oh, you struck pay dirt no, on this one. Capitalism or socialism, which one is more democratic by Dinesh mm, D'Souza? Yeah, okay, back to our, our roots. Our good Let's buddy. Go. Back to our roots. Here we go with Dinesh. Why is socialism so popular? Less than 10 years ago, Great you question. couldn't refer to socialism in a positive way and hope to have a career in American politics. Mm -hmm. Socialism was referred to as the S word. Now it is a- Benedict, when do you think this video came out? Uh, 2018. Mm, close, 2020. Benedict, uh, you want to take a gander? Do you think 10 years before 2020, there were anyone who described themselves as socialists? In elected office in the United States? I would say no. Mm, maybe, maybe a certain senator from Vermont? Oh, yeah. At the I time? I mean, Democrats and Socialists. Yeah, okay, sure. Sure, sure. Just pointing out how obviously on its face bullshit that was sure. from Dinesh. Just kind of pointed out what he does yep. now. It's affirmed either explicitly or implicitly by just about everyone on the left. And amazingly, given socialism's record of failure, the socialists seem to be gaining ground. Why? What makes socialism Great question. So Maybe because capitalism's broken. <laughs> Maybe because of people like you, yeah. Dinesh. Making capitalism literally the worst. Or maybe literally. because when we were slap bang in the center, you called us socialists anyway. So we yeah, might so as well fucking fuck give not? it a go, yeah. And again, like I will always say when it ever comes down, I don't think that socialism or capitalism, I don't think these words have any fucking meaning anymore. No. I don't, because, I because we, they, because A, I think much of us on the left have capitulated to right-wing distortions of what those words meant to begin with. And I think many more of us on the left, you know, it's, it's, it's a split, but many more of us are just like, well, mm -hmm. it means basically I'm in favor of, you know, higher taxes on the wealthy and more social spending. Which I don't think is an accurate description of socialism. I don't. I don't know. It's a whole big thing for me. Uh, we've been into it many times, but I just. I just always. It's one of my picadillos I have mm -hmm. to bring up. So attractive to so many, socialism, according to its proponents, is more democratic and therefore more moral than capitalism. I don't think anyone Left proposes that. I don't think he's got Benedict. anything to do with democracy. Benedict. Yes. We live in a republic, not a democracy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
You're right. This filmmaker Michael Moore explains it for us. Democratic socialism means everyone has a seat at the table okay. and everybody gets a slice of the pie. Though, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. not the, the same socialist as socialism. writer Irving Howe yep. wrote something similar in his 1982 autobiography. We believe that the democracy in our political life should also be extended deeply into economic life. The basic idea here is that socialism is vindicated through its roots and popular consent. If a majority of people working through their elected representatives declares something to be a public entitlement, say free college or free health care, then they are justified in extracting resources from those who create wealth to pay for it. As I don't quite understand how that's different than Dinesh's view of what a republic is. Because we always get into this argument from these people. They claim, ah, oh, we're, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And we've fleshed that out more times than I care to even yeah. bother talking about. But I don't understand how that is any different than what Dinesh or anyone would claim is their view of how the U.S. is supposed to work. Other than I think they would just say, well, taxes is theft. I think like that's as far as they could get into it. I think so, yeah. As Nathan Robinson argues in his book, Why You Should Be a Socialist, Mm -hmm. the moral imperative is to place the economy under the control of the people. Sure. Sounds good, at least superficially, until you dig a bit below the surface. First, what direct control do the people really have over any government institution? What control do the British people have over the National Health Service? What control... What control do the British people have over the National Health Service? A lot more, what do they have? A lot more control than the American public have over private yeah. markets and insurance markets, yeah, I would say. I, I would point out that uh, those of us in the U.S. with private insurance have basically zero control over the private health insurance market. Yeah. Uh, whereas you you could elect people who say they're going to do what you want them to do yeah. over there. Either cut, is... cut or fund the NHS to a greater degree <laughs> than they currently do. It's a, it's a, a much notably greater, higher level yeah, of control. Much yeah. higher level of control. Control do Americans have over the Department of Motor Vehicles oh, that's or the U.S. Such a Post Office? Go-to. The answer, of course, is none. Given its false. practical impossibility, genuine popular control over government institutions is a mirage. So Second, it's just going back to the, arg- the the straw man argument we talked about a thousand times of what do we mean when we say democracy? Yeah. Which by which, you know, when we say democracy, we mean the people electing representatives, yeah. but they straw man it as direct you mean democracy. direct democracy, yeah. which, which is always just horseshit. What if 51% of Americans vote to confiscate the resources of a single person, say, Bill Gates? Then fuck Does that, that make guy. It right? <laughs> Under an authoritarian socialist government, a single dictator seizes the fruits of your labor. Every- Again, I would just go back to this is one of those things that we've talked about in this same bullshit mm-hmm. argument about republic versus democracy, that you have the same situation in a democracy where you have uh, structural impediments towards doing that. So maybe, I don't know, call it like a uh, bill of rights, something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have certain protections that require a supermajority or a larger percentage of the vote in order to change them, Also, which is what we have. None of this so, is impossible under capitalism. Absolutely not either, so, right? what? <laughs> we could all just go, I mean, like, I, I got to pick up a rock and hit Bill Gates in the head and, and steal his wallet. We can do that. Yeah. We can do that. Everyone is against that. Under democratic socialism, a majority does. The end result is the same. You've so been wrong. I think Dinesh is just uh, 
strawmanning what democratic socialism means oh, and yeah. thinking, pretending that it means getting rid of constitutions or just allowing everything by a 50% plus one yeah, vote. Yeah, it's democratic socialism not, is Stalinism. That's not what that means. And I'm bored with Dinesh already. Okay. I didn't wow. think I could didn't get that bored would happen. with Dinesh. Okay, there you go. All right, let's that go. That fucking easily. Is there another That's... Dinesh video? Let's do the other Dinesh video. How did you know I had two Dinesh videos? I know you. I I know you have two Dinesh videos. Let's not let's not mess it up. Yes, yes, Benedict. I have a second Dinesh video because he's our guy. We love him so much, Benedict. This one is titled "Thomas Jefferson and Equality: Making America." And uh, this is one actually. I think the last time we played PragerU, maybe a time before that, I had this in our list mm. and we never got to it. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I told you about it at the time. Yeah, so I'm sure you did. Thomas Jefferson. And equality, Benedict. Mm, okay, let's and go. And equality. Sure. Let's see how this goes. In one sentence, Thomas Jefferson not only laid the foundation stone for a new nation, he also set that new nation, the United States of America, on a path we still follow today. Mm. His affirmation in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights maybe the most influential words ever written this side of the Bible. Which the U.S. Constitution ratified a little more believe. than a decade later was guided by those words. Subsequent amendments, including the 14th Amendment passed after the Civil War, granting equal rights under the law, seem for all their grandeur to be restatements of the equality principle yeah, I wonder in Jefferson's why we had to do original that. declaration. Okay. Yeah, that, why would we have to, uh, you know, maybe a hundred-ish years later or so, uh, restate it in a way where we said, nah, 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 guys. Um, everybody, we, we meant everybody. We mean it this time. I mean, like, okay, no backsies this time. But also, not no, no women, backsies. Though. <laughs> also, not. It's, okay, Dinesh should be slapped every time he says that Thomas Jefferson believed all men are created equal. It should just be law that yep. you get slapped if you say that. He shouldn't. Yet Jefferson is controversial today because he embodies the contradictions of the founders. Because he kept Indeed, slaves. progressive scholars say he was the worst of them, the most hypocritical, because the very man who insisted that all men are created equal not only permitted slavery, but himself owned slaves. Okay. Okay, so what's your counter Correct. argument? Let's, let's Correct. Let's hear it. Yeah. I'm waiting. Let's see what Dinesh has. You have for correctly us on that. identified the argument. Uh -huh. Yes, well yep. done. That is the thesis. What's uh, your, I don't know what's about part of that is is a little overblown. He was the worst of them. There were probably some worse people in the founding fathers. Uh, there were some bad dudes there. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a bunch that people just don't pay enough attention oh, to yeah. because he's, he's, you know, he's minor probably figures. the worst of the fa most famous. Oh, the major ones, ones yeah. probably, probably up there. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head was worse. Did Jefferson not see the glaring contradiction? between his principles and his practices, between the principles and practices of the infant American nation? According to Chief Justice Roger Tawney, who authored the notorious 1857 Dred Scott decision affirming slavery in the territories, neither Jefferson nor the other founders could have seriously meant that all men are created equal. They didn't act on the principle, so they couldn't have believed it. Interesting that also Roger Tawney thought that, yeah. Also, I mean, that is just a fair evaluation yeah. of what the reality Dred was. Dred Scott, one of the worst decisions in the history of the Supreme Court. Also, one of the original cases that made its way up to the Supreme Court, um, the, one of the original decisions took place at the courthouse that is right down the street from where I live. Oh, that's cool. I live, I can see it from my uh, balcony if I'm out, outside of uh, my apartment. 
But uh, I'm still not hearing a rebuttal from Dinesh. Let's see where it comes. Modern progressive jurists such as Thurgood Marshall, as well as historians such as John Hope Franklin have, again with an irony that should not go unnoticed, adopted the tawny view. In Franklin's words, the founders betrayed the ideals to which they gave lip service. They wrote eloquently at one moment for the brotherhood of man and in the next moment denied it to their black brothers. Mm -hmm. Benedict, I'm starting to get worried that there's not going to be a rebuttal. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm starting to worry that Dinesh just agrees with us now. Yeah. It's about two minutes into this video and he's just. How long is the video? It's uh five. They're five. You know, I always do the five minute okay. videos on Prager. I, I think his his counter argument is just gonna be pff, nah. I mean, that's to be fair for the amount of Dinesh that we are familiar with, and we've known the guy for a while. That basically is all he ever has. So yeah, I, I, what he's gonna say is Democrats are the real racists, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then he's going to be like, we and should then, lock them up because they're a danger to society. And then, Is he going to deal with the fact that Thomas Jefferson founded the Democratic Republicans? Well, he was both. Democrats? Well, he was actually more of the Democrat side. Uh, and like yeah, the bad bit yeah. of him was the, sla- yeah. the slaveholding side of him was the Democrat <laughs> side. And then all the good bits were the Republican side. Yep. No defense of Jefferson or the American founding is possible that agrees with this assessment. How then can Jefferson and the founding itself be vindicated against this most serious charge? It doesn't need to be. For the answer, let's look again at the declaration and what comes immediately after the state. People can be complicated, right? Like, that's okay. You can rec or you could just recognize that our founding was flawed, yeah, and that we have an obligation, then a moral, you know, moral obligation of some sorts, uh, maybe a moral imperative of Lincoln, some kind. Lincoln did a whole to speech move towards better futures about yeah. a promissory note. Was it Lincoln or Douglas? One of them did a, a whole speech about a promissory note written by the founding fathers, um, that that was yet to be cashed. I think it might have been I Douglas. Do- maybe maybe I'm I'm doing Frederick Douglass a disservice. Well, Benedict, I'm here. I'm assuming this is where we're going to get the rebuttal. So let's see what he has for us. A statement, all men are created equal. That governments derive their legitimacy from the consent of the governed. This is the democracy principle, and it is no less important, no less foundational than the equality principle. Okay, but if you believe that principle, then you must believe that the government of the founding was illegitimate. Because they did not have the consent of the governed. So it Mm. could not be a legitimate government. I just, I'm losing my mind here, Benedict. He's not giving me much to work with. I don't know what Dinesh is doing, just agreeing with me here. Yeah. Let's see where he I'm, goes. Uh, I'm confusing Martin Luther King's in... speech. That's what I'm doing. It's okay. Martin Luther King's promissory okay. note, but then the, it harks back to a, both Lincoln and Douglas, which is what I'm confusing. Mm. Sorry, I'm trying to, I'm, I, there's too much history that he's just skipping <laughs> over. Much. I'm confusing myself. Mind, let's turn to the practical choice faced by the founders. Progressives say they should have outlawed slavery in the original constitution. Okay, no, this is this is slice of hand. This is slice of hand. Because he's saying basically he's saying we shouldn't judge them for you you can you can say they made the wrong choice. And that's fine. It's this is absolutely like he presented the choice as a binary of should we outlaw and and now he's trying to find the middle ground. And also, I think here he's mixing the moral choice and the, 
you know, practical choice. Yeah. The moral choice being the, the people slavery. of the time yes. should have outlawed slavery as a moral choice. Also, they should have made that decision. lots of people wanted that. John Adams wanted that. Sure. Ben Franklin wanted that. Absolutely. Practically, they would not have been able to form the United States if they had tried to do so, no. is what he's about to argue here. But also, they didn't want to form the United States. An, an early point, that kind of happened by accident. Sure. But, you know, we'll see what he has to say. Okay, fine. In all the states that sent representatives to Philadelphia in 1789, how could these representatives outlaw slavery without the consent of the people in their states? Well, they were representatives. How could they make slavery legal without the consent of the slaves who were being governed? Yeah. It's the democracy principle. You know that thing he just talked about? Yep. Were they expected to do so by overriding popular consent in that case they would be overthrowing Sorry. democracy itself Pause it. before it was I thought we didn't like democracy I thought we liked representatives making decisions he... on the past good point but is he actually now making the argument that it was more moral to follow the will of the people and keep slavery than it would have been to overthrow slavery even if that was against the will of the people yeah he is. i think that's the argument he's making he is but he's also doing which the is opposite an anti-civil the... war anti-abolition argument yeah he, well also I, I mean first of all he's doing the opposite of what they say about the democracy versus republic thing and yes, that he's taking true. power away from the representatives elected by the people to make decisions on behalf of the people and going with straight direct democracy Secondly, there's no proof that more than half of the people within the states wanted to keep slavery. Maybe some of the elite did that held slaves, but I don't. Oh. I, I don't know. The the there was I, no there's no I, polling of the yeah. day. <laughs> I don't think Gallup was doing a bunch no. back then, so not exactly sure on that. It was even introduced as the bedrock of the new constitution. Furthermore, as everyone in Philadelphia knew at the time, many states would not have joined a union that forbade slavery at the outset. Perhaps a few would have done so, but no more. Had those who opposed slavery held firm on the issue, the union would have consisted of a handful of states, or it would have remained a utopian idea affirmed by a group of high-minded founders, but they would be founders of nothing. So? What is with his inflection? What is going on with his inflection? It's weird. He's right trying to now. make his voice interesting, but also at the same time, so? So what yeah, if they were founders so. of nothing? Also, I think he's just completely, you know, he's mixing up and, and lying about what people who criticize people like Jefferson think, which is not that uh, we shouldn't have formed the United States or something like that. It's just that, oh, you know, again, we are resting on a flawed foundation and we need to fix it. Right. That's I think what most of us agree with and what we go back to is recognize the flaws, then maybe we can do something about it. But people like Dinesh refuse to recognize any of the problems that existed back then or exist now. Yeah. They just don't want to deal with it at all. Mm -hmm. As Jefferson himself said about the slavery issue, we have a wolf by the ear and we can neither hold him nor safely let him go. It is not reasonable. In fact, it is downright obtuse to ask of statesmen to do what they manifestly cannot do. It is only reasonable to ask them to make the best choices available to them mm. under the circumstances. To hold I, that's horseshit. That's it total horseshit. horseshit. 
Because that's, again, A, it's not the argument. Because he's, again, conflating this, oh, they should have decided not to create the United States thing with what people actually say, which is he was objectively immoral and a hypocrite because he wrote that all people are created equal, yet he thought it was okay to own human mm-hmm. beings. Also, and rape the human beings that he owned, the, famously. The cowards, absolute cowards, said, we'll revisit the question in 20 years. So yeah. literally just kick the can down the road. Like, what? <sighs> I'm Benedict. I'm bored with this video. Sure. Uh, it, there, he's introduced nothing we haven't heard before. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in Dinesh D'Souza. But Benedict, I okay. have some good news for Let's you. Let's do one more. He did a whole series of these Making America videos about various different people from American history, including John Adams, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and Benjamin Franklin. Fun. So we have a whole bunch of videos to go pile. through in the future. Okay, let's do one more video, and then I'm, I'm one done. One more video. Well, Benedict, uh, we have three left now. I'll let you actually, pick. I'll let you oh, pick. Oh, you're going to let me pick, Benedict? Mm-hmm. Well, Benedict, how about this video? entitled was the civil war about slavery oh yeah let's do that i love 2015 that. 2015 by colonel ty sedul okay here we go was the american civil war fought because of slavery yes more than 150 years later this remains a controversial question why because many people don't want to believe that the citizens of the southern states were willing to fight and die to preserve a morally repugnant institution pulls it there has Wait, to be no, another no. reason, we are told. Well, there isn't. He the agrees! And overwhelming. Slavery he was agrees! Great. I watched this video ahead of time. I knew we weren't going to watch past that 26-second mark <laughs> because as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, well, this is a fucking unusable video. What am I going to do with this shit? It's, as far as I can tell, this video, this guy just goes through and tries to debunk the, uh, the Civil War wasn't about slavery thing. And I think that's because... These people, the PragerU folks, recognized how that's bad a, it makes that's them an look unwinnable battle. That their side regularly makes those arguments that the Civil War wasn't about slavery. The, it was about states' rights. And this guy does the, it was about states' rights. States' rights to what? Yeah. He does that. David, David Blight does a great, great lecture on that. It's like, to yeah. what? Uh, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, to what? So I just wanted to play that because it was it's funny to me because. We have seen, for example, the John Birch Society and weirdos like that. They do believe the Civil War was about something else, namely communism. <laughs> yep. Link in the communist, It makes me baby. laugh every time I remember that. But anyways, man, we have two more videos. Uh, so give me one or two. Uh, one. Number one, Benedict. This video is entitled Big Tech is Big Brother. And Benedict, this one was selected because it is related uh, to one of our uh, cast of characters. This one is presented by L. Brent Bozell III. Oof, okay. Who, if you recall, is the nephew of William F. Buckley. Mm, yeah, I remember. He is the man okay. whose father ran off to Spain to support the fascists there mm-hmm. because he's a fascist. And I did figure out, which I didn't know before, um, L. Brent Bozell III was born in 1955. His father moved to Spain to write a Catholic fascist newspaper in 1965, which means Bozell was in Spain with his father when he was writing the fascist newspaper. Unless, I don't know, maybe you leave the kids at home when you go to live in a fascist country. Could be a thing. I don't know. Uh, Also, Benedict, 
uh, Brent Bozell's son was arrested for his part of the insurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I, think I mentioned that. a couple yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. ago that his son was arrested uh, for his part in the insurrection. Uh, notably, fun un- other fun fact about that that I didn't bring up at the time. Uh, in August of 2020, he was, of course, supporting the, uh, you know, they're going to steal the election thing. Uh, Brent Bozell was going on TV and saying that the left is stealing the election. He supported it after November when he was saying that it was stolen. And then... Uh, you know, he went on the Fox Business Network on January 6th mm. and denounced the riot, which his son was at. Cool. Yeah, that makes which sense. I find just so tasty. So, so tasty. So, Big Tech is Big Brother by Brent Bozell the third. The year is 1984. One mm. company, Microsoft, dominates the computer world. It's their way or the highway. Conform is that true? or die. This snapshot I mean, in 1984 time was wasn't like IBM a huge company? I feel like I don't remember when the uh, Apple 1984 ad came out, but I feel like it would have been in 1984. Although I have no reason to believe that particularly. I feel like but, you know. IBM was pretty big in 1984, though. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how how big they actually were. I don't know like company size or anything like that. But actually, I just looked it up, and the 1984 ad uh, by Apple came out in 1983. So, no, Microsoft was not the only game in town. They definitely had uh, one at least strong competitor at the time. ...captured in one of the most famous commercials in TV history. If I would have just waited five seconds. If I would have waited five seconds. A row of men stare blankly at a giant screen from which Big Brother... The all-powerful leader from George Orwell's classic novel, 1984. All these people who lionize Orwell so goddamn much without Have not read The Road to Wigan Pier, yeah. No, The Road to Wigan Pier, Keep the Aspidastra Flying, any of the other books. <laughs> the Road to Wigan Pier, in which he says socialism, socialism yeah. is so much common sense that it's incredible that it's not the natural <laughs> order of things yeah i mean and keep the aspirin astro flying is just him being a horn dog and mad that he can't get any um but also has a lot to do with middle class anxieties in britain at the time and uh definitely relates to socialism as well but yeah jo- george orwell who declared that all of his works were about democratic socialism mm-hmm. and his commitment to them uh, that's the guy that they love so much yep. addresses them suddenly riot police burst into the hall chasing a beautiful blonde woman in a white shirt and red shorts. Before they can grab her, she hurls a sledgehammer into the screen, shattering Big Brother yes, and his all grip on the masses. The, ad. the narrator informs us that Apple's breakthrough product, the Macintosh computer, will be the device that sets us all free. Does he not realize that um, his father is represented by the jackbooted thugs mm. in that commercial? Do you not realize that? Probably not. Looking back, Apple largely lived up to its promise. A new <laughs> okay. wave of companies, each in its own way, followed the example set by Apple's legendary CEO, Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Also, you, you know, when we do these videos, you don't actually get to watch them because uh, I'm playing them on a, a little separate computer I have that I play the videos through. Um, but he very much, it's not as bad as Paul Gosar, but he has a neck movement thing going on <laughs> that... It's weirding me out a little bit. Just, uh, you know, similarities I'm seeing. Google gave us instant access to vast amounts of information. Yes. Old Facebook dude talking to gave me us a new about way tech. To connect How many friends, times have I seen family, this in my life? And the world. Twitter 
brought this world to us in real time. Get to a point! And YouTube allowed anyone with a smartphone to become a virtual broadcast network onto themselves. Sure. It was glorious <laughs> and empowering. Mm -hmm. But that was yesterday. Today, it's 1984 all over again. That was yesterday? I mean, yep. it was. Literally yesterday, we had the greatest communication abilities that we have ever had in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. I guess today it's different. But sure. Okay, let's see. Big Brother's back with an important twist. Our former liberators now want to be our masters. Apple, Google, uh. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I mean, we the know what this video is social about, media right? We know what this is about. They're yeah, kicking it's conservatives off of social yeah, media. Exactly. You wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Conform or die. Yep. This image sure. is perfectly captured, not by an ad, but by this recent real-life scene. Row after row of men and women stare up. Oh, at God. I was so hoping it was going to be the video of Lauren Southern tied to the doors <laughs> of Twitter headquarters. I was, was so, so hoping funny. that was what he was going to bring up. I would have, you know what? I would have sent him $100 in the mail if that had been the video that he played when he said, this is, this is what it really is. Oh, God. Tim Cook, Apple CEO, as he makes a presentation, ironically, before a civil rights group. We only have one message for those who seek to push hate, division, and violence. You have no place on our platforms, Cook tells his audience. You have no home here. Sure. Hate? Division? According to whom? I don't know. According to the people who fought against the fascists that your also, dad was in favor of? It's their platform. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we, we go a lot, and it's, you know, there's a level of hypocrisy that goes into people like us on the left mm -hmm. who are against these mega corporations using the it's a private corporation, they can do what they want argument. Yeah. I think, but I think that that is consistent to a point because most of us, you know, don't want to force Twitter to put all the fascists on and don't want to, you know, I think if Twitter decides that my speech tomorrow is unacceptable on their platform, that sucks for me. But I don't necessarily want anyone trying to force them to allow me back on it. Yeah. I think that would be a weird and completely unmanageable situation that none of us want to live in. Also, all of these tech weird. platforms, including the new conservative ones, have terms and conditions. Like, you, Absolutely. You have to. You're not allowed to swear too much on Parler, according oh, to their terms Benedict. and conditions. So. Mike Lindell book is just not allowing me to post the amount of pornography that I would generally post on social media just uh, weird how they keep taking that down. And then Mike sends me text, just like Zach Patrizzo. It's weird. <laughs> the answer is obvious. According to Apple, Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, they are becoming the big brother Orwell foresaw. He has said nothing so far. No. Conform or die. Cook's ideas are exactly the same as his fellow Fun chief fact, executives that's also at what, Google, uh, YouTube, Generalissimo Facebook, Francisco and Twitter. Franco, his Disagree with big said. brother Conform or die, yeah. politics or morality. And Big Brother will shut you up whoa, by whoa, shutting whoa. you down. So I think I talked over it there, but he, he's going through an imaginary example there of uh, an adult, a male, tweeting about... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to rewind because I, I have to make sure I heard what I think Facebook I Facebook and Twitter. Disagree with Big Brother on, say, politics or morality. And Big Brother will shut you up by shutting you down. Okay, yeah, just disagree about politics or morality. Like? You know how the well, reality of the situation is that all these conservatives who are getting kicked off of social media, mm. all it's really for is disagreeing about politics or morality, right? It's not like, 
I don't know. Let's say, a, 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 let's take a random example that I haven't mentioned in the last five minutes. I don't know. Lauren Southern, um, who tweeted insanely Islamophobic bullshit, as well as a bunch of goddamn lies about nonsense. And maybe that's mm. the reason why she got pulled off of social media. I don't know. I'm just saying crazy thought. Maybe it's, it's really that all these people getting kicked off of social media are fucking nut bars. Tim Cook said it. Anything that doesn't conform to his left-wing worldview. He that's didn't not say that. The examples are... Even in the reading of it that he gave, that's mm -hmm. not what he said yeah. at all. Numerous and growing. Megan Murphy, a Canadian feminist, is permanently banned from Twitter for refusing to refer to the gendered by their preferred pronoun and for writing, women aren't men. Well, Benedict... Okay. I'm sure it's more complex than that, first of all. Second mm -hmm. of all, uh, doesn't that, I mean, like, it's just. Yeah, Bennett, she was purposefully tweeting at trans people using the wrong pronouns at them. It's yeah, not about that... just using the wrong words. It's about actual online harassment that she was directing at other people. Yeah, and intent. Because exactly. that's what it always is. Because these people are pieces of shit. They're fucking pieces of shit. I'm, this video's boring. I'm. I'm bored. It is kind of boring. Yeah. I think okay, uh, cool. I think we're done. Uh, we had Happy one more new year, video, everyone. Bye. We don't, need to do we don't need to do another video because actually, Benedict, I will tell you, and I'll probably play this for you off the air. I might have found our next book in this mm. next this this one video we didn't get to. It was spectacular. Okay. It might be pretty good. But anyways, uh, it has been a wonderful year. I have to say, Benedict, do you think over the five years we have been podcasting that we have improved? I'm just curious. Do you think we have improved? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I my audio quality has got better. Sure. I still interrupt you just as much. Sure. Um, my energy drops off. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm probably a nightmare to podcast with. I'm sure you've can got verify. better. Can verify. Can verify 100. Yeah. But you know what? I think we've gotten a lot better, and I happen to think that this year is our best year ever. I think we have done some fantastic shows this year. I really do. Mm. I'm really proud of the stuff we put out. And you know, I always talk to you off the air. I care about the quality of the show that we're putting out. I know. Um, and I think we've done some really great stuff this year. I'm looking I forward to the greatness that's going to come in the future. I think we've dialed down the funny. I think we're less funny than we used to be. <laughs> really? No, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, uh. I think I think we do more... Like, some of it's funny, but I think we do more, like, serious analysis of stuff, and it's still based in humor. But, like, our old show, which we're not going to say the name of, but, like, it was it was more of a comedy... Pod, like, it was more like a... Yeah, problem is we weren't I, funny enough to do a comedy podcast. We were funny. <laughs> I, think, I, I think we were. I just don't think the right people listened. Uh, <laughs> Benedict, you know. that's always the problem with every podcast. Podcast. The right people, yeah, the true. right people would be all the people, and they don't want to listen. Yep, that's true. But look, I'm I'm very happy with what we've done this year. I think we've done some great stuff. The books we've gotten through this year have been well, they've been terrible, but I think that what we've managed to do with them has been a whole lot of fun. Pretty good. And I'm yeah. excited, looking forward into next year of where we're going to go. Some of the fun stuff we have planned. And I want to thank all of our listeners, whether you've been with us for the long haul or whether you're brand new. Thank you all for being here with us for this year and for the times ahead. So thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you want to give us a Happy New Year gift, you can do it. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episode shout-outs on the show, early release of all of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick. 
AJ Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Waterson and George Soros. Thank you all as always for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, Happy New Year! Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.